get a quick sound check. Let me ask you, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Ooh, that seems like so long ago. I had yogurt with uh, granola and dark chocolate. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tim. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast of stories of ordinary people welcoming change into their life. Sometimes that change is our own doing. Sometimes that change barrels into our lives, whether we like it or not. This isn't a three-minute interview that you see on your favorite late-night talk show. We're going deep here. We're going deep into who we are and how we grow. And we're often asking questions that my guests have not been asked before. The goal is simple. We can learn from each other. We're not perfect. We're not alone. We're only human. Today I'm joined by Carrie Jo Kelso. She's a daughter, a sister, a veterinarian with uh, small animal medicine, and the founder of Rhodes. Bu- excuse me, founder of Rosebuds Teas, a company that makes, and I quote, graphic teas for small town love and women, which I think is fantastic. You found the niche. Um, and I was I was just mentioning to you, Carrie, that I I heard you on the Bloom Pod, a, a podcast that I stumbled upon, and I was listening to your story of founding Rosebud's Teas, and I just was blown away by what you're doing. Um, the the part that really caught my ear was how you came to actually get the idea to do this, and I just I'll set it up here, but I want to hear your your in depth story here. From what I understand, you were you were in Texas, and then your mom mm-hmm. gets sick back in Illinois, and you want to fly back regularly to see her, and you need to find out how to come up with the money for a plane ticket every month, and that's when mm-hmm. you start researching. Well, it, yeah, I mean, how, how does, oh, I need to get $600 next month to go see mom translate into, I'm going to build a t-shirt empire? That's a good question, because I had no business experience, really, Um when I decided to start a side hustle and I really had no experience in retail or boutiques or t-shirts or apparel or anything. It was very much random. And you're right. I was in a situation where I needed to, needed some extra money, right? I think we were all in that position where we could, we reach a point at some point in our life where like we could use a little bit of extra cash and their wheels start turning. Do I tighten my belt and start, um, you know, buckling down on my expenses, or do I find a way to make more money? And so I was working a full time at that time, um, as a vet. And so my days were 12 to 16 hour days. So it's not like I had a lot of spare time to like do dog walking side hustle or drive Uber Lyft or something like that. And so, uh, the wheels started turning and it was really just a bunch of Google searches. <laughs> <laughs> so much Googling of side hustles and podcasts. I was a big podcast listener back then as well. And I followed a lot of the big names um, like Lewis Howes, uh, Jenna Kutcher, some powerhouses there. And uh, I was really drawn into entrepreneurship. And so I just kind of started down that road of uh, entrepreneurship and stumbled upon a blog article actually of t-shirt business online. And that's how I got into this. Wow. It's kind of funny to think about whoever that person was and the article they wrote, how them writing that article sort of 
set you off on this yeah. path. Like the, the, what is that? The butterfly flaps its wings. Butterfly and, effect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wait a second. 12 to 16 hour days as a vet. How in the world yeah. were you able to come home and think about anything else? I mean, I, I could see you getting home. You're at the computer and I, I would just fall over. I mean, where did you find the energy to yeah. keep Googling? <laughs> So it was more fun for me. I think it was kind of an outlet and a distraction. It was something completely unrelated to my work day. So it was just fun to be able to dive into something different. And I didn't know anybody in Austin. Instead of going out and trying to meet people and like taking a yoga class or something, I was in my computer researching side hustles. So I would just spend a little bit at a time, maybe like 15 minutes to an hour at a time over weeks to a, couple, a few months and uh, built it that way. I like how you reference it or you refer to it as side hustle. I'm curious now, I mean, where is it on the scale of side hustle versus it's taking up all my time and this is my full-time job? Like, I know you're still practicing veterinary medicine, but from what I understand and looking at your social media following and the website and everything, it seems like there's enough t-shirts being sold where you're not just doing this one hour a day. Right. Yes. Now I... About a year ago, so about three years in, I went uh, part-time as a veterinarian. And so now I probably spend three to four days a week focusing on the t-shirts. So it has kind of surpassed the side hustle thing. I think now being a veterinarian, I think, is my side hustle. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever think that would happen? No, I never thought I would spend all that time and energy and money going to vet school just to end up selling t-shirts on the internet. (laughs) We joke about it. My dad and I joke about just going to school and wanting to be a veterinarian from day one since I was in elementary school, middle school. And six months after graduating vet school, I am selling t-shirts on the internet. So I never in my wildest dreams imagined that I would do it. And I never thought that I would be sticking with it and building something out of it. What got you so interested in entrepreneurship? I mean, the fact that you, like you said, you were thinking about, okay, how do I make extra money to fulfill this need in my life at the moment? And then went after it, that kind of drive, we all don't have that kind of drive. So I'm curious, where did you find that drive? Well, my dad is a farmer, so he's like a natural entrepreneur. So I always watched him growing up, but... I never took a business class. Like I was always in science, so I never really had knew I had that or wanted that. And honestly, I didn't know it until I started doing it. So when I started doing the um, side hustle as the the t-shirts, I wanted to make that extra six hundred dollars a month to be able to sure. buy these plane tickets. But once once I started diving into it, it was fun. And I liked marketing and I liked building the website and I liked design. And so it became more of a passion and something fun for me. And it didn't really feel like work. So I think the drive just kind of self-propelled from me having fun doing it. You mentioned your dad's a farmer. Did you kind (laughs) of uh, look up to, I mean, like you said, that's, that's an enormous entrepreneurial operation. I can't imagine Um, and especially this day and age, you know, it's probably, I would imagine it's a lot harder to be a farmer today than it's yesterday and the day before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was that part of, I mean, looking back, were you kind of inspired by your dad and you know, everything I'm sure he's gone through with the farm? Yeah, definitely. I think that, uh, as a kid, he definitely instilled a lot of entrepreneurial 
things in my mind I didn't realize at the time. Um, but he had to get up and go to work every day and not know, you know, what his day necessarily held. So every day was different. Um, he had long hours some of the time. And so I think I do draw a lot of work ethic and inspiration from him. Um, he used to tell us before we went to the store, you know, there are three rules you have when you go to buy something. Is it going to make you a profit? Is it tax tax deductible? And is it something that you want or do you need it? And so (laughs) I was repeating those three rules at the time I was like seven years old and I didn't know what, I didn't know what effect it would have on me. So... (laughs) That's oh my! I, I'm just imagining going to the store and wanting, you know, a Hot Wheels or a Lego set, yeah. and thinking, "Will this make me profit?" <laughs> I remember buying a piggy bank and telling my dad how proud I was of buying this piggy bank because it's going to help me keep track of my profits. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I. I mentioned at the beginning, and I think this is on your website, but Rosebud's Tees is a graphic tease for small town loved women. So for those that are familiar, I mean, you go on the website and there's so many designs around small town living, around farming, around just that whole, I want to say Americana. I don't know if that's accurate, but I'm curious. Yeah. yeah, Where did that idea come from? I mean, so you're from small town in Illinois. I imagine that's a big inspiration. Was it just a case of these are the people I know and I would wear this, so I'm going to make something I would wear? Or did you like do research like this is a niche to go after? So when I started this, I just kind of put a bunch of designs up there, you know, just kind of everything, everything from beachy designs to sport themed, everything in between. But the designs that were really taking off were my like small town and, uh, farm themed t-shirts. And I think that's partially because the people that were buying from me or knew me in the beginning were people from my hometown or, you know, people that knew me. And so that was my demographic that I was more marketing to starting off. And so I was selling more of those. So I started making more and more of that. And so that's how I found um, that niche. And I just kept making more of what was doing well. So it kind of stumbled into it. I didn't really go into it thinking that's what I wanted to do. But I've kind of started to build this brand around the whole small town thing because I love where I grew up and I am I moved back here. So uh, I definitely draw inspiration from my own town, the towns around us, and then growing up on the farm as well. So I draw inspiration from all those things. That's so fantastic that you moved back home too. It's like bringing it all together. You're back home and I got this t-shirt brand coming out of home. That's got the theme of home. Is it, I mean, I imagine you have such a following locally because of where you're from and and starting off. How has that following expanded? Like, have you reached small towns all over the world or over the, you know, do you have any sense of like where people are connecting to you from? Definitely all over the place, even in different countries, uh, it's agriculture is a small world. So anybody in farming, ag, that they connect so easy, not, I wouldn't say easily, but it's just, it's a small world. So from conferences to, I mean, I, I've been to a veterinary ag conference one time and I saw my t-shirts there, like on the other side of the country. So it's, I don't know if that has something to do with it where we're all just so connected in, in my niche or related niches, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think that had a lot to do with it, is 
really helped me grow in the beginning is just connecting with those people, um, mostly online. Since uh, I, I'm online only, I do do some pop-up shops, but that is how the majority of my customers have found me is online. You were pandemic-proof from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, I had the website already there. At the Speaking of your website, at the bottom of the About page at the Rosebuds Tees website, at the very bottom, you wrote, you know they say you can't have your cake and eat it too, well, I call bull. <laughs> I'm really curious what you mean by that. Oh, my About page, I wrote that a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, I don't know what I meant by... I just, I feel like in that season that I was in, when I wrote that, I was working full time as a veterinarian, but I was also running the t-shirt side hustle and everybody was always telling me like, you know, you'll never be able to keep up with this or you'll never be able to do both. Or I just kind of got, you have to pick one or the other kind of comments. And I think that's kind of where my mentality was <laughs> at that time. Sure, sure. Um, because i was like, ah, I'll make both work. It's no big deal. I'll, I'll do it. It's fine. I love that. Are you someone that normally sort of rises up to a challenge like that? Like if someone says, you can't do this, you say, oh, oh I'll show you. A hundred percent. I yeah. am challenge driven. Has <laughs> <laughs> that been the case all the time? Or was that at some point in your life? Like, were you just from a kid sort of challenge driven? That is me. I think that's me since I was born. I think that was vet school. Once I get something in my head that I'm going to do it, I, it, you know, I have to make sure that it happens or I come to acceptance that I change my mind. <laughs> so it's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, I imagine that served you pretty well because I, I mean, so it's been what, February 2016 is when you started Rosebud Seas? Yes. So just over four years. Wow. Mm -hmm. Does that feel like an eternity? It does feel like a long time. It does. Is it's changed so much in the last four years that it doesn't seem real. And you, you design all the shirts still, right? I still do. I have a lot of fun doing that. So I want to keep doing it as long as I can. Um, at least in some capacity, but I, I love that part of it. I love the artistic part of it. So I decided to keep that. <laughs> and then you're also got to pack and ship them off. I mean, I imagine there's yes. parts that are really fun and parts where you're like, one day I'm hiring for this. Yes, definitely. I have a couple, um, three or four really great girls that help me ship. So luckily they're there to help and I can spend a little bit more time doing the designing. And you're still, uh, I, I'm still just blown away by the fact that you're still practicing, you're, you're a vet to some degree. I mean, I know you said it's kind of a side hustle now, but yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, a lot. And, and I mean, you just said that you're, of course, more than capable and you're, you're rising to the challenge. But I just wonder, like, are there moments where you think to yourself, maybe this is not the best idea? Or is it just like every day you're like, I'm going to conquer the next day and nothing's standing in my way? Yeah, there's definitely times that I go through doubts of I'm taking on more that I can chew. I mean, I I am one of those people that just says yes a lot when I really should be thinking about saying no in some 
some ways. Um, but I love both things very much. And so I don't want to necessarily give one up over the other. So I have done pretty well about finding a good mix and a good balance and learning how to best manage my time and time blocking and scheduling as has really helped me uh, keep me from getting overwhelmed with the two of them. I feel like time time management is such a popular concept, but it's so key. Is there anything mm-hmm. specifically there that works well for you? Or is it just a matter of like ensuring that you're aware of what's supposed to be done? Yes, I experiment with this all the time, waiting for something to stick. Uh, the last, <laughs> the last year I guess, has been when I went more full-time with the t-shirts and then part-time with the, the vet med. And so in the last year I've experimented with a planner, can't keep a planner, doesn't work for me. I've done Trello, the app to help with, uh, just ideas that come to me and kind of managing those. Um, I've done just notes in my phone. So I've experimented Google calendars. <laughs> I've experimented <laughs> with, um, pretty much everything. I still haven't found something that I a hundred percent love. So I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm just curious. I actually use Trello for managing my guest pipeline for the podcast, yes, uh, which works well. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think there's so many productivity tools out there nowadays that I'm always just curious what works for some people more than others. So what's kind of, I know you, you started Rosebud's Teas like kind of from that practical purpose and it sounds like you just really loved it and decided I'm going to go somewhere with this. I'm curious at any point along the way, have you sort of sat down with yourself and said, where am I going with this? Or is it sort of just a, I'm going to keep riding this and and doing what I love and, you know, whatever the future holds, it holds. Yes. So a little bit of both. I probably sat down a year into that, into the t-shirts in 2017 and thought, okay, this is maybe really something here. Where is this going to go or where can I take this? And so every, I would say about once, I try to do it once a quarter. It doesn't always happen once a quarter. At least twice a year, I will have a afternoon where I just think about, okay, what is the next year, three years going to look like? And where do I want to go with this? And so, so far what I've done is I've been able to bring on wholesale where I, I sell t-shirts um, to boutiques uh, across the country. Um, so I did that from this kind of reflection process, I uh, was able to bring on more designs, expand my inventory. So every so often, I will definitely try to kind of reevaluate. It's always changing. Um, I think it's ever evolving and just important for me to periodically reevaluate everything. Definitely. You, you mentioned that a year in, you thought to yourself, this is really something, or this is going, you know, I got something here. What were like the signs that made you realize that? Like what kind of in your head was signaling to you, there's something here? Well, I was selling a lot of t-shirts and I was doing really well on social media and I wasn't (laughs) trying, I didn't know what I was doing, right? I didn't know, I didn't have a brand built. I didn't know the best way to set up my website, conversion rate, nothing. But I was doing pretty good. 
And I thought, well, I'm if I learned more and if I knew what I was doing, how great could I make this? So that at that point, I started really diving in more into specific uh, areas to try to improve it. It just occurred to me, I, and I know nothing about med school of any sort, but I feel like the training and education you went through to become a vet, at that point, of course you can tackle online t-shirt sales. Like, <laughs> you know, like I understand that you don't, you didn't walk into it knowing all the business business stuff necessarily, but I'm thinking to myself, if you, <laughs> it must have felt like a, not a cakewalk, but I got to imagine that the, the med school and, and all the vet training was just, to me, uh, that seems like a lot. And so like learning how to, you know, do online e-commerce sales Hopefully, is a little bit easier, but maybe not. <laughs> it, it was like learning a foreign language. Really? It really okay. was. Yeah. So yeah, I knew nothing. I was. I'm not even tech, technology, technological. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you see the headphones that I'm wearing. So I, I am not inclined in that area at all. So the only thing I think that helped me was I knew how to study, and I was used to reading a lot. So I wasn't afraid of. Um, spending hours reading a book about a subject or diving in online uh, for a long time and just figuring it all out. That's such a key skill, I think, because I, I always joke, but it's only half joke that like the, I used to read a ton, like recreationally, not textbooks as a kid. And I'm starting to get back into it. But I always joke that like the internet killed my ability to read because the attention span of the internet sort of transformed us. And I feel like you're, I bet you're absolutely right. Like your being training to be a vet and your ability to just dive in and sit and, and research and, and be comfortable with that is probably a huge asset because I feel like most of us in the same situation would sit there for a little bit and then just be distracted by, you know, who knows what. I catch myself doing this all the time. <laughs> um, so kudos to you for being able to, you know, like I said, I feel like this day and age, that's probably the, the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, books are huge. I I think that I owe a lot of my business interest just into picking up a book and reading it. And I think now probably more audio book audiobooks are probably more popular now and they're more available. But I can't say enough about how much I've learned from books. What would you say, speaking of things you've learned, what would you say is like the biggest thing you've learned in the four years of Rosebud's Tease? You know, I don't know if it's biggest, you know, lesson learned in terms of, oh, I should have done this differently? Or is it, you know, something that worked real well? I would say it's more philosophical. Sure. (laughs) Uh, More about what success looks like is, you know, in the beginning, success to me was getting that extra money every month. And it was more financial. And now I think success for me more is the ability to have some freedom in my schedule and the freedom in my life to, you know, we'll have a little bit of the extra money to do some things that I like to do that bring me enjoyment, but also just the flexibility to do what I want to do and enjoy my life. So I think success looks different to me now. And I've learned that it's not always goal oriented or financial. Oh, that's so beautiful. And so (laughs) it is. Did it feel, I imagine that wasn't an overnight thing. That was a gradual, I slowly came to this realization type of thing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Over 
four years, probably within the last year and a half of me going more full time, it realized, why did I wait so long to quit my job? I mean, I love being a veterinarian, but you know, you're strapped into the hours that you're set to work. And there's so much, I get so much more happiness out of making my own schedule. And I know it's not like that for everyone, but. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I'm sort of curious now. Um, I share that, you know, I think we all want to have more ownership over our schedule and just the way we spend time, you know, in this one life we're given. Um, Did the idea of like, ever uh, opening your own like veterinarian practice one day or kind of, you know, becoming the the person who's kind of running the show uh, ever cross your mind? Or was that like, was that ever a goal, you know, as you were thinking about being a vet? Because yes, I'm thinking about yeah. like running a t-shirt, uh, an online t-shirt empire is definitely one way to control your your future. But there were, there were probably other ways too, I imagine, within veterinarian practice. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to own my own practice. Actually, when I graduated, I wanted to own my own practice by the time I was 30. And uh, so everything that every decision I made right after vet school was with the goal in mind to be a practice owner. And so I, I did have that in sight. But as I as time went on, uh, you know, I slowly less and less wanted wanted the ownership. And I think that you could create your own life. You know, you can create your own life. Um, There's just less flexibility there than there is in owning your own online t-shirt business. (laughs) Is that the most exciting part of it for you? Owning the online t-shirt business is kind of having control over day-to-day schedule of yours? Or is, is there another part that's kind of the most exciting? Most exciting, I would say... I just love, I'm a creative person, so I love the design and the creativity part of it. And that's the part that I love about it the most. It's, but yes, I also love how it's so flexible that I can, if I want to go on vacation for five days, I can just, you know, leave with my laptop as long as I have people helping me still shipping packages back home. So you you were talking about how you're a very creative person and you know you love that aspect of being able to design the t-shirts. I'm curious like before this venture and before this part of your life, what were some ways that were you always a creative person? Like how did you kind of express your creativity when you weren't designing t-shirts? I have always been a creative person. I was really involved in art in high school and I did mostly sketches. Uh, back then. And then in college, I did, I say I didn't have any business experience, but I did have an Etsy shop in college that I sold jewelry. And it wasn't very, it wasn't very cute. (laughs) And I wasn't very good at business. So I did express some creativity in that form um, through college and through vet school. (laughs) When you say it wasn't very cute, you mean it's like something you wouldn't wear or just yeah, didn't appeal to I wouldn't, people? Yeah, I wouldn't wear it. I, okay. I did sell. It, it was a good enough side hustle in that it was, you know, it was beer money. That was about it. I uh, couldn't pay my rent with it. But I don't know. You're, you're in Chicago. So there is this trend uh, in the southern half of the states like 10 years ago where girls would wear this really chunky turquoise jewelry. And it was like a Southern Western thing. And uh, 
that's what I made is this really chunky jewelry that looked like rocks. And it's definitely not in style anymore, but, (laughs) and people would probably look at it back then from other parts of the country and be like, what is she wearing? But that's what, that's what I sold. (laughs) So wait, were you doing that as well? I mean, so you, did you intentionally capitalize on that trend then? I mean, this was, was this your very first side hustle? Yes. That's, this is, would probably be my very first side hustle. I was selling this chunky jewelry at cattle shows in, in Illinois and uh, also on Etsy. Yeah. Where did you find, or not where did you find, but where did you recognize that there was an opportunity there, especially like cattle shows, for example? I mean, local stuff. Where did you think I could design this jewelry and sell it because there's a market for it? Well, I just hopped on the trend. So it was already trending. Girls were wanting it. uh, And I found out where to buy the beads. So I was buying the beads and making the necklaces and selling them out of a trunk, basically. So (laughs) it wasn't anything that I started. I just popped on the trend. You are fantastic. The more (laughs) I learn about your side hustles here, I love this. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's kind of, I mean... I think you were meant to, it seems like, you know, uh, I mean, being an entrepreneur appears to be in your blood. I mean, it's it's something that I, it seems to drive you and just be naturally something you're going to gravitate toward. So I, I feel like, you know, Rosebud's Teas came about from, you know, needing some extra cash, but I do feel like your destiny here is probably being an entrepreneur of some sort all the time. Well, thank you. <laughs> that is a compliment. I, before the jewelry, were there any others? Now I'm curious, were there any other side hustles? I feel like there's probably at least one other in there somewhere. I can't remember. I don't think so. I think the jewelry was my first one. Yeah. Any other ideas before that one that you just didn't have uh, time or resources to execute on? Oh, I always have ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those people who like have so many ideas and then you know most of them end up being not great, but I write, I write them all down and then I revisit it a few months later. Most of them end up just, you know, being burned, but oh yeah, always got ideas. <laughs> That's another great skill to have, I think, because the more <laughs> ideas and possibilities you have, I mean, you know, if 90% of them aren't going to go anywhere, then you have the 10% left. If you don't have any ideas, then there's no 10% to Yeah, pursue. statistics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm just pulling these numbers out of thin air. Yeah, they have no yeah. scientific backing. But <laughs> <laughs> so, when you say ideas, though, are you speaking of like ideas for businesses, or is this just like creative ideas of like how to express yourself creativity, creatively? Uh, some are business ideas. Some are more ways to engage with customers online, or just different ideas to the website. So. Yeah, a little bit of both. How, I mean, this day and age, I feel like social, you know, your Instagram following for Rosebud's Tees is very large. Um, I imagine that does very well. Are there, outside of social media, are there ways that you found that work really well for, you know, connecting with people who are looking for what you're selling? Yes. So doing markets or pop-ups, there's lots of boutique markets or vintage markets around the Midwest that I will travel to. And I just actually bought a camper (laughs) to haul to all these shows. It's a vintage camper 
that'll be, you know, redone and uh, decked out with the t-shirts. So basically creating like a little traveling storefront to go to all these areas to get the word out. And that seems over the last couple of years, that's helped a lot to gain some new customers in this area uh, in the Midwest. I've traveled it up to about four hours. That's the farthest I've gone. But I think that has really helped gain a local following. You bought a camper. I did. What off are we talking internet. here? Like, uh, like off the internet? Well, yeah, I found it on Craigslist. Like, like e- That's how okay. sketchy it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say eBay, but Craigslist is yeah. even better. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, like the motivation there. What's the motivation? All right, I want to find something where I can pull up to a location and kind of set up a, something that'll stick out and people will see this little storefront and I'll attract foot traffic type thing. Yeah, well, the motivation came from I was going to these markets, but I was setting everything up under a tent. So when you get to these places, you have to unload your trailer, set up the tent, design it, set up all your merchandise. And then at the end of the day, you pack it all up and go home. Well, I was watching these boutique owners pull in in their fashion trucks and their trailer, you know, their campers. And they just did like one set up and they were gone. And so it was more of a, well, hey, I want to be doing what they're doing. They're not spending much time on this. So (laughs) I more did it out of uh, convenience. A little bit of systemizing there. Yeah, systemizing. Exactly. That's that's a really good skill to recognize that. Oh, my God. I'm curious, buying a camper, that seems like a huge project in and of itself. Because, I mean, I don't know what condition it came in off Craigslist, but I imagine (laughs) you were looking for something that you would have to do a little bit of work on. Yes, yeah, so we gutted it all, and uh, then I found a Facebook group that actually wants everything on the inside. So I cried a little bit after finding this Facebook group <laughs> and gutting the camper because I probably could have recouped the cost of the camper on what was oh, inside. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we gutted everything and uh, setting it up like a little store inside. So it is taking quite a bit of work, but. Um, I think at this point, I'm using it also for branding and for, you know, gaining a little bit of awareness when I'm out and about. So um, I'm excited for it to be done. I feel like there's a whole content marketing narrative there, too, that you can like share with your community. That's oh, definitely. Putting it together and the journeys yeah. you have with your camper. So much engagement on Instagram from sharing the journey of getting the camper and renovating the camper. And everyone wants to see the progress pictures. And, you know, my followers are very much engaged and they want to name the camper. So there's definitely lots of content opportunities in just having the camper for sure. And I imagine you could even, especially as people are getting out and about more, uh, take pictures, you know, some oh, hashtag yeah. taking pictures of the camper and spreading yes. the word. Yeah, social sharing. Be huge with it, hopefully. Is, the, is it done yet or you're still working on it? We're still working on it. My dad okay. is helping me. Yeah, he's kind of the handyman and I just do what he says. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is so fun. I imagine, especially like selling t-shirts online. I find this with the podcast. I was just thinking about this yesterday. I look at, you know, I'm sure you look at your business statistics or how many sales you have and, you know, how much traffic and mm-hmm. the whole funnel of conversion. And, you know, to some extent, you could do that with any business or any project. So with podcasting, you know, see who's listening and all that. But I'm like, I don't know who they are. Right. Like, I don't know who these people are. I can see numbers go up, but I don't know who they are. I want to talk to them. Your ideal listener. 
Yeah. It, or, or just like, I, I don't know. It's it's such a weird thing because it's like, you know, there's X amount of listens today. I'm like, I don't know who they are. I know what they listen to, but like, I just don't know. Like, there's no face to the name or there's right. no name. <laughs> um, where, you know, I imagine to some extent you have that with your online sales, but I imagine with the camper and being able to do some of these pop-up shops, you're able to, at least for me, it would fulfill that need to like see the human and just connect with the human and understand who this is that really loves what I'm selling. Yeah, definitely. I think connecting with the customers is a big, a big deal to me. It just makes it more real and authentic when you can put a face to the name and just see what their interests are and what they like to wear and, um, just who they are as a person. I think that's huge. Yeah. And especially the way you've built this this niche. I mean, you've really... I, I'm a firm believer. Growth like you've seen only comes when you're truly connecting with people because, you know, that's... We interact with people we like, right? Like at the end of the yeah. day, it's just all about two people interacting with, yeah. you know, people that they in some way share something in common with. So you've, you know, found a way to truly connect with these people in a way that, I mean, it's beneficial to you both. You get to grow your business and they get to wear amazing t-shirts that I'm sure they're very proud to wear. Do you see that? Like, do people share them, you know, pictures of themselves wearing your t-shirts? Yes, definitely. I think, and I, I think we hear this phrase a lot, but like a community, uh, building a community on social media has been huge for t-shirts because it's like social, what's the word I'm looking for? Social proof that, you know, they are really proud of it. And, you know, here's like aspirational almost people see that and follow. And so it's just basically a domino effect of all these, the social proof that customers are um, putting up on their own social media. And when I get to engage with them, I think that brings the connection even closer and they feel like they're part of something and they are part of something. But I think that connection is essential for growing a, a business or a brand. Yeah. That has to feel so great. I mean, to be the kind of conduit for that, to have created that connection and to know that these people, especially if you're someone like yourself who really is a creative person who loves being creative, to know that resonates with them and they want to show off your work. I mean, that's just a really, I imagine that's just a really great feeling, just putting a smile on your face every day. Yeah, there's nothing honestly better than when somebody else buys something you created. And I think artists feel that same high when they've, you know, painted some beautiful painting and somebody buys it. There's nothing, there's no better feeling and somebody else appreciates what, what you've made. Um, but it's just that a way for us to connect with other people who share the same, um, like you said, the same likes that, um, it's just a great way to connect with like-minded people and build a community. I like how you said the word artist, because I really do think you are, you know, the artist and the entrepreneur, you have the business and the creative side here all together, which is fantastic. And I'm curious, you also have, you know, your love for veterinary medicine and animals and, and all that. Do you see, like down the road, is it become where I'm going to focus full time on the Rosebud's Teas Empire and 
maybe have a little less time for animals? Or is it something where you kind of want to balance all those loves? At this time, I'm balancing it. And I think that's something that we'll probably need reevaluate down the road. So there may be a time where I want to pick just one. I know everything changes, you know, year to year, a lot of things in life change. And so, yeah, there's a definite possibility that I may get to a point where I have to pick. But for now, I'm, I'm okay with balancing the two. And like you said, you're reevaluating every year. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you've made it a point to regularly reevaluate anyway. So I, I think that's a great mechanism to have in place so that you can always check in with yourself. Definitely, definitely. What would you say? I don't really think about this myself, so it's okay if you don't. But I'm always curious, like, do you ever think about like what your legacy will be? Um, you know, just sort of like when people think of Carrie... <laughs> what you know what will they think of um whether it's you know now that because you know, and i don't necessarily mean like legacy you know you've passed away many years from now and you know what do people think of me but maybe even you know a customer that maybe they're a one-time customer or you know a customer that you didn't have a chance to to actually meet with and maybe they buy from you regularly but just what sort of effect and impact you have on them you know maybe it's yeah. more impact than legacy yeah, no, I like both of those words a lot. And I have thought about it a little bit. And I, I don't think I figured it out yet. <laughs> I, I do. I, I hear that the word impact throw be throw around. Sorry, my English is not great today. <laughs> I hear the word impact a lot. And I do think about that. What do I want to, uh, you know, do to help others at, you know, what can I be doing in this business? How could I give back in some way? And I haven't quite figured it out, but I am always asking myself that question. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if any of us have really figured it out. So I think you're, you're together with us there. (laughs) Um, I I hope you don't feel bad about that. (laughs) But yeah, I, I always think about like, we all have this, I mean, impact is the best word I can come up with, but we interact with all these people in our lives and our daily lives and we are impacting them in some way, whether we like it or not. I mean, it's just the nature of human interaction. So um, I feel like I've become recently more aware of like what impact do I want to have or at least, you know, maybe not legacy, but on a daily basis. So I'm always just curious how others view that. No, definitely. I'm on the same page. I I do think about it a lot and it's definitely made, it's changed my mindset for sure. Yeah. Are there any other, um, the jewelry and then designing t-shirts, are there any other creative outlets that you currently have or that you kind of want to have one day? Well, for now, that's all I've got. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't even mean like businesses, but just like, you know, ways of expressing yourselves creatively. I, I, you know, at this point, I tend to do like make my businesses my hobby. And so right now, all of my hobbies are, you know, diving into like graphic design or um, product photography. And so right now, they're all kind of centered around different aspects of the business or creative aspects of the business. But that's not to say, you know, down the road, I, I might discover something. I might need a hobby away from uh, my creative business. So right now, I am just diving into different areas creatively. Well, that's fantastic. Th- thank you so much, Carrie, for, for joining me today and taking the time. And 
I'm so excited to see what you continue to build. And I think... Thank you. Yeah, I think you're such an inspiration for so many people out there because, um, well, as we've discussed today, you have so many qualities that I think set you up for success, but just going for it. I mean, that's to me the big thing and <laughs> and not stopping. Um, there's so much to be said, I think, for consistency. And, you know, I think you've shown that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Tim. Thanks for listening to We're Only Human. Before you go, I would love to know what you had for breakfast this morning. Just send me an email, tim at we'reonlyhumanpodcast.com, and let me know what you had for breakfast this morning. Thanks.